Well, as you can see this morning, just from the intro video that I am speaking on giving this morning. So should we have a collective groan all together for a moment? You know, every... I was just kidding, but you went for it anyway, didn't you? You know, it's interesting because I know what some of you are already thinking. You're thinking, you got to be kidding me. Like, today you're preaching. Of all the Sundays, I finally got my friends to come, finally got these guests to show up, and you're going to preach on money. Way to go, Pastor Levi, right? So you're really encouraged. And then some of you are probably thinking, well, I'm going to sit this one out. You know, I, I really don't have excess of cash at this moment, so I can't really be generous. So... I'll just kind of uh, mentally check out. And then some of you are probably thinking, finally, uh, this guy hasn't preached on giving in forever. It's about time he brought a subject up because we're giving. And, man, these other people need to give too. You all with me out there? And so there's no telling why uh, you may be listening this morning. But I want you to know that God has been so gracious to you. And because of his grace towards you, you and I should become extremely gracious and generous people. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. You know, this is the third series, or third message rather, in the series, Engage, Prioritizing a Missionary Lifestyle. We've already kicked it off by saying we are all kind of in this mission truck together, and uh, the mission is to make disciples everywhere. And the very first gear is that we step forward, volunteer, and get involved personally in the mission to make disciples. And then we kind of popped the clutch and went to second gear last week and talked about how we need to have our families involved in the mission of making disciples. Well, this morning we are really going to pop it out again and pick up some speed and shift to third gear and talk about how we need to engage our finances in the mission of making disciples. So with that in mind, let me invite you to open your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 6, and we'll go all the way through verse 8, 6, 7, and 8. And this is Paul the Apostle writing to the church at Corinth. And let me just invite you to stand with me in honor of God's Word. Some of you have already jumped up. And uh, look there at verse 6. You got it right in front of you? Say yes. Uh, Paul says, Now this I say, uh, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything... You may have an abundance for every good deed. Let's bow together. Father, this is your word. Uh, God, I know uh, preaching on finances is probably not something that fires anybody up, even myself. But God, this is in scripture. So in the name of Jesus, help us to be obedient in the matter of being generous. And we'll give you glory for it. Speak now. And Father, I pray for those who are outside of the faith and still do not know you personally. Draw them to salvation. How we rejoice in those three today who've been baptized. They've given their hearts to you. Lives are being changed. And God, we don't want to get over that. So Lord, for those who are still needing to make a decision to follow you, draw them to salvation today. And we'll give you glory for it. In Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. So you can go ahead and be seated. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Doing a little Bible study this morning. And whenever you study the Bible, you want to make sure you don't just rip into it without really finding where these verses are are in the context of what's going on. So let me kind of set the scene for you, and then we're going to see three ways that we can be very generous in our giving this morning. Uh, First of all, I need you to understand the context is pretty simple. The Jerusalem Christians are actually experiencing a famine in the land, and as a result, they are in desperate need. So Paul the Apostle now, he's on his third missionary journey, and as he is going, 
he's stopping off at churches like the churches in Macedonia and he's inviting them to give towards the relief fund to help Christians over in Jerusalem now what's unique here is that Paul the Apostle is using this opportunity for others to give to the Jewish Christians who are actually Gentiles and he's doing this not only so that they would be able to give to those who are in need but he's also doing it as a way to provide unity between Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians so as the Gentile Christians give to those Jewish converts they are actually showing that they are all a part of one massive family the body of Jesus Christ and so now Paul the Apostle is writing to the church at Corinth because here's what happened you gotta kind of imagine for a second that you're Paul alright so you're on the missionary journey you're taking up finances to help the Jerusalem Christians and on the trip you stop by the church at Corinth and the church at Corinth says to you Paul we want to give but come back and we'll give to you later but we really got this desire to give we want to be a part of it so they leave or Paul leaves rather and he gets over to the churches at Macedonia and he says to them All right, we're gonna take up a love offering for those who are in need over in Jerusalem so they are very quick to give very generous now watch this an entire year passes by and Paul has still not received anything from the church at Corinth y'all out there say yeah so now he's writing the letter 2nd Corinthians to establish many things but he's also writing the letter to them to say hey listen you said you were gonna give so just give give what you said and then what he does and I love it he actually elevates the churches in Macedonia and he says listen to what these churches in Macedonia have done be like them so with that in mind you and I are to be generous as followers of Jesus Christ and give to the Lord's work and we're gonna learn how to do that this morning three major ways here goes the very first one we are to give without silly excuses we are to give without silly excuses now again like I said Bible study time so look back at 2nd Corinthians chapter 8 with me if you will just turn to your Bible maybe one page back and look at verse 1 and 2 go ahead and look at it I want you to see it there uh, chapter 8 verse 1 and 2 if you don't have it there with you look on with somebody else notice what Paul says he says now brethren uh, we, missed, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given in the churches at Macedonia that in a great ordeal of affliction their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality now here's what Paul is saying okay he's saying Corinthians uh, unlike you guys these over here in Macedonia are not really in a position to be generous these churches in Macedonia are impoverished themselves these churches in Macedonia are at the bottom of the barrel financially but then Paul says but check it out even though they were impoverished they were very liberal in their giving now look at the preacher eyeball to eyeball it is not good to be liberal in your theology but it is good to be liberal in your giving and that's what this church was and so Paul the Apostle now he's elevating that church and he's saying look they're not making any excuses when Paul went to take up the offering there they didn't look at Paul the Apostle and say Paul what do you mean give I mean there's no way we can give generously I mean we've got nothing to give look at us we're we're poor ourselves we can't give anything maybe matter of fact Paul here's what you ought to do maybe you should go to these other churches and take up a love offering for us we're the ones who are in need that was not their attitude in fact it was the exact opposite look at verses 3 and 4 in chapter 8 he says I testify that according to their ability and then watch this and beyond their ability they gave of their own accord begging us 
with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. And what an awesome picture this is. It says that they were not only giving according to their ability, but check this out, they were giving beyond their ability, and they were begging Paul to give toward the mission. Now think about that. You ever been to a church like that before? I haven't. Have you ever been in a church before and it's like, no, 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 wait a minute, Paul, we don't want you to preach just yet. Uh, we want to give more. To just give us an opportunity to give. And so that was the churches in Macedonia. They were leaning forward to be generous to those who were in need. Now the question is, what motivated them? I mean, why, why are they so fired up about giving over here? And they're a poor church and, man, they don't have a whole lot to give. But why are they so fired up about giving? Well, here's the reason. They were motivated by the fact that the Lord was so generous toward them. See, God had overwhelmed them with His grace. And as a result of receiving so much from the Lord in Christ, they were quick to be filled with grace toward others. Which leads us to note, right? Listen closely. When you and I are overwhelmed with how gracious and how generous God has been toward us in His Son, Jesus, it will naturally lead us to be generous givers toward others. And what's awesome here is a principle, all right? The principle is when you and I are generous, watch this, we are actually giving grace to other people. And that's what Paul describes it as. They are generating and giving grace through their gifts to those who are in need in Jerusalem. really is a great picture. And then he elevates it, right? Look at verse 9 in chapter 8. He says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Don't you think about it. It's true, isn't it? Jesus was rich and yet he became poor. What does this mean? Well, I want you to think about it. Before Jesus entered the earth through the Virgin Mary, uh, Jesus uh, was in heaven. He's always existed. He is uh, the second member of the Trinity, God the Son. And there in heaven are absolute riches. No one is in want in heaven. No one is in need in heaven. It is a perfect place where the perfect trinity resides. But, check it out, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus made a choice in obedience to God the Father to come to the earth and become poor. So he was born through the Virgin Mary. He was born in a stable or cave. And he was born in an impoverished situation. In fact... Mary and Joseph, when they went to the temple to offer up sacrifices, they actually offered up two turtle doves, the Bible says. And the two turtle doves that they offered up were actually uh, the requirements for those to give to the temple who could not afford the greater gift of the lamb or the ox. And so here you have Joseph and Mary, these poor individuals, and now Jesus is residing in that home. But he became poor for your sake and my sake. That is, he left heaven and he came to earth. And then the Bible says he lived a sinless life and went to the cross. And there on the cross at Calvary, Jesus bore in his own body the wrath of God for us. So Jesus died on the cross for our sin. He experienced death. He'd never experienced that before. He became poor and he died. And then he was buried and then he was resurrected. So that, watch this, you and I who are poor spiritually can come to faith in Jesus Christ and be made rich. And God, by His grace, overwhelms us with the riches of His salvation. So this is what God offers us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the churches in Macedonia had not gotten over that. 
And because they had not gotten over that, they were extremely generous. So whenever there was an opportunity to give, they jumped on it immediately and had this great desire to give to those who were in need. And they made no excuses whatsoever. Now I want you to think about this and listen closely. When you and I have an opportunity to give, when we focus on the grace of God toward us, it will always cause us to naturally lean to be more generous towards those in need. When we focus on the grace of God and it's an opportunity to give, we will naturally lean towards being generous. And then check this out. But when we focus on our circumstances, we will naturally lean away from being generous and we will lean towards being stingy and uncharitable and ungenerous. But whenever you focus on what God has done for you in Christ, you cannot help but be generous. That is the natural byproduct of being overwhelmed by the grace of the Lord. The most generous people on the planet ought to be followers of Jesus Christ. You and I. We should, and I, I knew, I appreciate your amen, but I knew there weren't going to be a lot of them this sermon. Y'all with me? And I told Krista before I got up here, she's here, uh, this service, I said to her, I said, it went over like a lead balloon the first two services. And then she said, well, what do you expect? You're talking about money. It got quiet again. No excuse in giving. Now, I want you to watch this, all right? No excuse. That means I can't stand up here and say, you ought to be generous. But you know what? I'm the pastor of the church, man. I've already given my life to the Lord to serve Him, so I don't, I don't feel like I need to give my finances. That'd be an excuse. And that's not biblical. I need to not only give, I need to model being generous. And you may be here saying, well, I serve in uh, our community groups. I'm a leader, or I'm a teacher, or I do this, or I do that. So I give my time. I don't give my resources. Well, listen, that's disobedience to the Lord. You give without any excuse. I don't have the ability to give. Neither did those in the church at Macedonia. And yet, according to their ability and beyond their ability, they sought to give. Why? Because they were so overwhelmed by the grace of God in Christ toward them. All right, that's principle number one. We give without any silly excuse. Then number two, we give knowing God has us covered. We give knowing God has us covered. Now, look back at chapter 9 and verse 6. We jump in. You kind of have the setting now very clearly. The Bible says, uh, Paul writing, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now this verse, uh, simply speaking about the natural law of the harvest. So you guys know this, but just think about it. You uh, sow a lot of seed on the ground, you get a lot of fruit. You sow a little seed on the ground, you don't get much fruit. This verse is given in the context now of being generous. Even the Lord Jesus Christ said in Luke 6 and 38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. So that's a promise of the Lord. Now, shooting straight just for a minute, I feel crazy even bringing it up, but if you sow a bunch of seed, you should expect a large harvest. If you sow a little bit of seed, you should expect a little harvest. Now, Paul is actually suggesting here that giving generously is like a farmer who is planting his seed in the ground. If you sow a lot into the work of the kingdom, you should expect to reap a lot. If you sow a little, you should expect to reap a little. Now, I'm nervous saying that out loud. Y'all with me say yeah? I'm nervous because I know what some of you are thinking. What in the world is the preacher talking about? Health and wealth, prosperity gospel. That's what he's preaching. 
But I want you to know this. The reason that I'm nervous even about bringing the verse up is because so many people have hijacked it and made it say something it doesn't say. And so now on television, they drive me nuts, too. You with me? On TV, they're like, give a dollar, and the Lord will give you ten. Give ten dollars, the Lord will give you a hundred. Give a hundred, the Lord will give you a thousand. And they just keep multiplying it. Even the other day, one guy said, the Lord just told me seven of you listening need to give eight thousand dollars. I'm like, what? this guy's crazy. And so many people have used verses out of context to treat giving to uh, either the church or to a preacher or to a ministry as this get-rich-quick scheme that now what we have is this huge stain upon the church, the true church. That's why a lot of people won't even come to church. They're like, all the preacher wants is your money. I even heard that this past week. So all the preachers want is just want your money. Like, chill out, man. You quit watching television, right? But we see the text, don't we? He who sows sparingly reaps sparingly. He who sows bountifully reaps bountifully. So if that verse is in there, we can't just erase it because a bunch of crazy people on TV. We've got to say, well, what does that actually mean? What, what is Paul saying? And uh, here's what Paul's saying, and I want you to listen closely. Um, and I'll give you a grander context, all right? Y'all are listening now, aren't you? God owns everything. Everything you possess, God owns it. Anything that ever touches your fingers, God gave you the opportunity to have that. All right? Now, he's given you the opportunity to manage it and steward it well. And if you are a good manager of the resources that God gives to you, you can expect to be blessed by God. If you're a poor manager of the resources God has given to you, you should not expect to be blessed by the Lord. But here's the deal. The blessing or the harvest doesn't always show up green with president's faces on them. The blessing sometimes can be something completely different. You may give generously and really passionately because you are so overwhelmed by the grace of God. And you might not become filthy rich, but God may bless you with a home that is absolutely filled with peace. So, so listen, when you give and that, like the plate goes around, that ain't a slot machine. Are you listening? That's not the one-armed bandit. It's like stick it in there. Let's see what the Lord's going to do today. All right? That's not it. But you give trusting that the Lord is going to absolutely cover you. Now, can I, can I testify to this, right? So um, whenever I started making money as a, as a young kid, right, mowing grass, washing cars, then I ended up working at Six Flags, ended up at Home Depot, Eckerd Drugstore, all these places that I've worked. Every place, every single time that I made some money, I always set aside proportionately to give to the Lord on Sunday. And I, I remember now, 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 I'm telling you this because I, I don't want you to think I'm just up here talking about it, but don't do it. But I, but I do this, and then I've been overwhelmed at how faithful God has always been to me to care for, listen, my needs, not my greeds, all right? But He's always taken care of my needs. And uh, I remember one situation when uh, Krista and I uh, went into full-time evangelism and missions. There was a time in that little section of my life where, like, wasn't getting regular income. And so I would go and preach revivals or go and preach these crusades or go overseas and do these things. And sometimes I would be paid. Sometimes I would not be paid. Are y'all listening? And I always love generous churches. Can I get a witness on that? And those stingy churches, I'm like, what? But anyway, so I, but you, y'all, you was thinking it too. So anyway, I remember one time sitting down and looking at the finances, seeing where we were, where we were headed, what was due, and we didn't have enough to cover it. Y'all all right now? 
Say, well, preacher, no, you ain't ever experienced that. Yeah, I have. And so I, you ever prayed real hard before? Boy, I did. Lord, you got me into this. Help me out. You know what the bills are. Just reminding married four kids. Eat every day. All right? Well, I need you to come through here. So I'm just calling out on God one day, sitting before him and trusting him and realizing even on Sundays when I had the opportunity to give to the local fellowship we were a part of, that I was giving proportionately over to the Lord. And so I was giving to him. I was saying, Lord, I know I'm giving this to you, and this just makes everything smaller here, and I still don't have enough. But I'm doing it because I trust you. Now, that sounded real spiritual, didn't it? Y'all all right? Because when the bills start coming in, you start figuring out how spiritual you really are, right? <laughs> Your heart starts beating, palpitating. Y'all with me? Y'all know what I'm talking about, palpitating? So they palpitated, and I called out on the Lord again. <laughs> I just thought of Sanford and Son. Y'all remember him? Here I come, Louise. Here I come. Y'all remember that, don't you? <laughs> I don't know why I just thought that. That wasn't from the Lord. But anyway, so... Uh, but I remember praying and seeking the Lord and crying out to him. And there was a time frame, man. I just needed God to come through. Went down to the mailbox. There in the mailbox, unmarked envelope with $1,000 cash in it. Now, where did that come from? Can I say the Lord? Listen, you, you say, you're telling me the Lord put that in there? Here's how he does it. God supernaturally stirred someone else's heart to be generous. And watch this. And God answered my prayer to him through someone else's obedience to give. Now, I'll tell you, just like I've told you before, just because you give, I mean, I know what y'all are going to do. Some of y'all, y'all are like, where's that plate again? I'm going to give it. I'm going to go look at my mailbox this afternoon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, that, that's not the reason you give. You give because you trust the Lord. And listen, man, I, I remember even when I used to give, I used to kind of be cynical a little bit because I was thinking, Lord, you own everything. What do I need to give anything for? You, if you got it all covered, you take care of it. Here, here's the reason the Lord invites us to give. He invites us to give because it is an expression of our genuine trust in Him. If we didn't have an opportunity to give, then we would not have an opportunity to say, Lord, I trust that you've got me covered. That you're going to care for me. So we give without silly excuses. And then we also give knowing that the Lord has us covered. And then lastly, we give with a grin. We give with a grin. Can y'all give me a good grin out there right quick? Just so I feel like you still like me. Y'all don't. All right, verse 7. Here we go. Look at it. He says, each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. So Paul's saying uh, to the church at Corinth, you promised to give a year ago. You hadn't done it yet. You need to give. Whatever you purpose in your heart then, give it now. That's what he's doing. He's challenging them to be generous. And then he says, now don't give up grudgingly or under compulsion. And uh, grudgingly, it means regret or sadness. Compulsion means with trouble or complete and utter obligation. So think about that for a minute. Whenever you give, do you say, good grief, man. I, I give this away, then I'm going I'm to regret it big time in the future. I'm not going to be able to get that. I'm not going to be able to go here. I'm not going to be able to go there. Or whenever you give, are you like rolling your eyes inside and... Filled with this sense of like paying your dues. Like, here comes the plate again. I guess I got to give again. Here I am. Let me throw some money in here. Good night. I can't believe I got to do this all the time. You feel obligated. You know, I was working on the message. I started thinking about a farmer sowing his seed with that kind of attitude. Can y'all picture him for just a minute, all right? He's got his, um, 
his hat on. He's got his overalls on. He's got a five-gallon bucket full of seed. And he's walking around in this field. And he looks down at his bucket and says, Good night. This is perfectly good seed. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to throw it away. Matter of fact, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a lid on this seed, and I'm going to, I'm going to put it up. I'm going to say, there's a take, day coming when I'm really going to need this seed. Now, if you and I saw that farmer doing that, you would think, that guy's crazy. I don't, I don't think he understands. If he doesn't plant the seed, nothing's going to grow. But check this out. If he reaches in and he takes the seed and he throws it out on the ground, when he releases the seed on the ground, God begins to make it grow. And God does with that seed what he desires. So I thought about that guy, and then I thought, you know what? I wonder if the Lord looks at us sometimes. And I know we come to church, and maybe we've got our bag of seeds, so to speak, or our gift. And it's an opportunity to give, and we think, man, I, there's no way I can give, man. I, I, got, I got this coming up. I got this bill due. I've got, me and my kids are doing this. It's for it. I've got to pay for this. I've got to take care of this. And we, we begin to funnel through all of these excuses and reasons not to give. And we're holding on to our seed. But check this out. What if you released it? And trust God to do with that seed what he desires to do. And just believe that he would care for your needs. That's trust. That is faith. You know what I've always been amazed by? Why don't you listen to this? I've always been amazed that people would trust God for the salvation of their soul. But they wouldn't trust him with their finances. God, I, I want you to save me for eternity. I believe that Jesus died for my sins, was buried and resurrected. I want to be a follower of you. And the Lord's like, would you be generous and give to the mission of making disciples through your local church? Would you do that? Say, well, Lord, I want you to save me, but I don't want you messing with my wallet. That's what we do, isn't it? Listen, we grin and give. You know what the Bible says, and I love it. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. The word cheerful, hilarious in the Greek New Testament is where we get the English word hilarious. Like when I first read that, I'm thinking to myself, man, we should pass the plate around and everybody should just be laughing their faces off. You with me? Like, what? Look at this. I can't believe I'm giving this, right? But that's really not uh, what the Lord's saying there. What he's saying is the man who is generous is always a happy man. He, he loves a cheerful giver. When you give, not under compulsion, not obligated, but you give just out of the overflow of the fact that God has given to you so much that you just want to give back, man, it puts a grin on your face. Just grin and give. It's an awesome principle. And uh, God, God has overwhelmed our family. And I, I'll tell you this too, right? I mean, the Lord places upon our heart to give. Uh, financially to so many things and to, man God's placed upon our hearts a, a sum to give to our 777 vision it'll be coming up in September as we start raising funds to plant a satellite over in uh, White County man God's already put in my heart something to give I, it's like and, and now I feel a little bit like the Macedonian church I'm like I can't wait till we get the opportunity to give can't, can't wait till that happens going to give to that now here's the deal I'm just going to trust the Lord's going to care for us when we give He's done it so far. Hey, he's got my soul taken care of for eternity. I think he can take care of me during this little vapor here upon the earth. That's my time here. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Y'all see me holding the vapor between my fingers? That's what time you have right here. Do you really want to live it stingy? 
Or do you want to trust that whenever you give your heart to Christ and you're seeking to really be a disciple and be involved in the mission, he not only changes your heart and opens your heart to his grace, but he also opens your hand to be filled with grace and be generous. Amen on that one? Let's bow. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word this morning. Help us to be a generous people. And God, how grateful we are for this fellowship and their generosity.